Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, show 221, recorded at Big Dog Studio. Today's show is brought to you in part by the Herbal Nurse Society. If you want to become a member or find out about the Herbal Nurse Society, you can go to thepracticalherbalist.com, click on the Join tab in the upper left-hand corner, and get all the information about it. Hi, everybody. This is Candace Hunter. I'm here to inform you that we have now released the speaker list for the Herbs in Action Summit. Have you heard of the Herbs in Action Summit? You haven't? Oh my God, it's going to be awesome. This year we are doing a new summit. It's sponsored by the Herbal Nerd Society. They wanted to know more about how they can protect themselves against COVID and move beyond that to protect themselves against future flus and viruses and respiratory illnesses that could crop up. So the Herbs in Action Summit is COVID and beyond. I bet you you really want to know who the speakers are, right? Well, if you do, go over to herbsinaction.com. You'll see the speaker list up there. And you can sign up for the email list, which means every time we have details settled, you'll get a chance to get that information before the rest of the public does. Check it out, herbsinaction.com. And now you're your host. I'm Candace Hunter. I'm Patrick Hunter. And welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. Hey, Candace. Hey, Patrick. How are you? I'm good. I, I, I think I was... we could both use an herb camp. Herb spa <laughs> an right herb, about an herb now. Spa right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it was so fun to listen to him uh, talk about that. You know, and, and we we held off on it because he hadn't really sussed out what he was going to do, and and he yeah. hadn't figured it out yet. And he was apprehensive, but then I thought it was really great that you actually went back and listened to that show. And the overall concept is there, not a, not promising any delivery, but it just the overall concept and brought up a bigger idea about health and healing in general in, in our country. And I don't know if it's in every developed country, but specifically our country, that you know, basically take me, you know, take two aspirin and call me in the morning, and that's where we're at, you know, or or less. I mean, this yeah. idea of a of a, a health retreat to to really help with chronic problems could really be a benefit to so many people. I mean, getting out of, I mean, they they talk about when you're um, facing addiction or you're facing bigger issues and bigger problems that one of the things that they suggest is that you need to remove yourself from the environment. But yeah. often we don't do that. Even if it's, you know, sicknesses that are, you know, in this case, he gave the example of, of, uh, some with the digestive, chronic digestive yeah, problems. Like really bad. Like, you know, getting Crohn's, to the point where yes. somebody was going to be Crohn's. And, and it was my understanding towards the end of that, that they kind of reversed it. Yeah. It sounded like they did. And hopefully that person has continued on the healthy path. But what they did for him in that course of 30 to 40 days or whatever it was, I mean, that those that 30-day commitment changed that person's life forever and made him a much more viable member for society, assuming, of course, that they stayed that path, than if they were to go the other me- uh, traditional method that we have, which is, I got a problem, I go to the doctor, I got a problem, I go to the doctor, I got a problem, I go to the doctor, and really never never going into the to the deep, Parts of healing, which are to reevaluate everything, self and introspection, and what you're eating and what you're doing, and and, and being able to not be on a monitored water fast for ten days. I mean, holy cow! Oh god, <laughs> yeah, I know how hard that would have been. For I me, I would expect that the water a water fast would be a really really hard one to do. I, right. I I would have a hard time with that. I mean, you know, I've done other types of fasting and they're challenging, but you know, you can get through. But water, oh, that just sounds yeah, I'm hard. used to. I mean, back. back <laughs> I, in I just day. <laughs> I can't imagine doing that. It's hard enough to just do a short fast, 
for yourself in your own home, in your own life. I cannot imagine trying to do a water fast and not remove yourself from all the responsibilities of regular life. I mean, that just, how hard would that be? Yeah. Well, yeah. and that's just it. Um, you, you really couldn't in our day in and day out. I mean, I think you made a couple mentions of, of that even in, um, in, in talking with Thomas is like, mm -hmm. just things get in your way. Things happen that, you know, the company retreat, the office party, this, that, the other. I mean, you have to be really dedicated to making that decision and making that choice to do it. I mean, even when I've done the 10 day shreds that we've done, or even more recently, you know, both you and I have, have given up meat. We've gone to a plant-based diet. Yeah. Um, and, and you more, more recently full vegan. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll just say I'm vegan ash. I mean, I still eat eggs cause I like eggs, but, but, um, you know, that was really difficult. It was, and, and what I really noticed is it wasn't difficult for me to do it when I was with you and at right. home. Yeah, at home it was. But it became yeah, more of a challenge when I would go out in, in, into public, when I would go to events, when I would go to parties, or I would go to, you know, first thing, why are you doing that? And then they, people immediately would feel judged. And, yeah. you know, finally I just had to say, in my case, it was for me. It wasn't for the environment or the planet or whatever. It was just, it was for me. I wanted to do this for me. But going through that challenge of, of having to be with people and them asking you questions and those dealing those things and having to defend your actions gets to be tiresome. And at some point, you might just break. I mean, I have other friends out there who tried this diet with us that, you know, they went to one Super Bowl party. That was it. Yeah. That yeah. was the end of their, Five days in. of their being a vegetarian or vegan. They were like, I, w I went in there and yeah. they couldn't say no and to their friends and to the situation. They just decided that, that you know, that was what they were going to do. So there's that value if you were going to make these kind of life changes to be able to get away. Yeah, there's value even if you're making smaller changes in your life where you're needing to address shifts that you need to make and getting away, even if it is. Like he talked about doing the three-day um, sleep, sleep challenge, yeah. which I've done that, and it is really – it can be very transformative, I would say. I mean, it, it's a it's a good challenge, and it's something that's fairly reasonable to do, relatively at homeish. So you can keep it low cost. You're right. Um, you know, the funny part is, is that I w I have a harder part harder time doing that <laughs> than I did giving up meat. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think, well, would I do eight to eight, or nine to nine, or ten to ten, or yeah, you have a real hard time shutting down. You know, how would yeah. I do that? And that, yeah. so, but, and, and because I have such a hard time shutting down, then the obvious thing is That's I should probably really do it. You need to shut down. Yeah. <laughs> I probably yeah. just need to do it. But uh, even taking, like, I, I started with 2020, I started doing a one day of the month going to, in our case, Portland, the city, um, in Oregon. Not in Maine. Not in Maine. <laughs> so in Oregon. Uh, but I started going up for the day to just do something for myself. And what I've been noticing is that I'll come back. I leave in the morning and I come back, you know, in the evening. Maybe it's dark. Maybe it isn't, you know, depending on when I go and all. And for the next three or four days, the city looks different. Like I noticed um, in February, I was driving down the the road to our house and I thought, gosh, the street looks wider than it used to. Obviously they haven't made the street wider in one night. Right. <laughs> you know, that, that hasn't happened. 
Or, you know, in March, I was noticing how the lights seemed brighter than they used to be. And I know they haven't actually changed the lights. Mm -hmm. So it just taking myself out of my normal daily routine, out of my normal environment into a completely different environment has made a huge difference in just the simple ways that I see the world, which I think in turn helps change some of the habits and the, the ideas that I've had and, you know, Ultimately, it helps me change. It changes things. It shakes things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And when things are shaken up a little bit, it's a little easier to choose to, you know, not eat that latte and get a soy-based one instead, or to avoid the extra sugar or honey or whatever. Whatever change you're trying to make, if you shake other parts of your life up just a little bit, the change that's hard to make can become a lot easier. For sure. No. I, I don't, and I don't know how, you know, mini breaks are great. You know, the three day, the four day, shaking up your routine is really good. Um, but as I thought about it more and more about, you know, we used to, as a, we used to value, it seemed like longer term care than we do now. We um, did. And, and, you know, I, maybe it's just this idea, ideological or ideal way of looking at it, not ideological, but an ideal way of looking at it, where, you know, when you were sick back, you know, 100 years ago, you go to a convalescent for a week or seven days or whatever it was to get well. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's just a, the, the rich person's pursuit and, and that was what yeah. they could do. Um, but I do know that there's a lot of people now that could really benefit from that, but there's just no system that we have that you could do that without jeopardizing your job. I mean, you can take a family leave act. You can take medical leave for sure, but that doesn't mean you're going to get the job back. And it also doesn't mean you're going to get paid when you're not working. Yeah, you're not going to get paid for that. So that's a financial risk. Yeah, over the last 30 years, we've created an economy, at least in America, that makes it exceedingly difficult for a vast majority of the families or people, most income earners or most people, have a hard time being able to take the time off, even in some cases a matter of just a couple of days, yeah. can be financially very detrimental to them. Our economy is just, it's so precarious in that way. You know? Well, you know, even, even you and I, you know, we're self-employed and we have a couple of different companies and we are key to those companies. And, uh, you know, the flu came ran through our house the other, about a week ago and Oh, you and I were like, oh, man, stay in your room, kid. Don't even come out. Oh, yeah. You know? Suddenly, oh, we're spraying sanitizer everywhere. Because we just, for us to get. It's hard I, to be sick. I don't have health insurance that would allow me to, you know, take those days off. And I don't, you know. Yeah, health insurance sure. aside, the work isn't getting done. There right. isn't somebody else who will just pick up the ball. So, yeah. And that just, means the money's not coming in, which means the mortgage you, you know, who, the electric company doesn't take trade. Right. And they're know? not going mean, to necessarily go, oh, I, yeah. I feel bad for you. We'll, we'll knock it down by three days because you didn't use as much. No, that's not how they do it. So, right. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Surprisingly. So we're all in that kind of that boat. So yeah. I, I think the idea behind, and well, that's one of the questions he asked. And the thing is like, well, how would, could we get people to afford this? You yeah. Know, how could you I mean, we have happen? even something as simple as in March, I had to have jury duty. And I was 
worried about that for, I got the notice and it was like three weeks of being worried about how am I going to just manage to get the podcast produced. I had an interview that week that was had been scheduled for over a month. Mm-hmm. And then the government just said, oh, by the way, you might have to take this week off, essentially. I yeah. mean, that's what, for me, that's what, in my life, that's what jury duty essentially is. And I was really worried about, you know, I ended up having to work like twice as hard to get articles written and get everything prepared so that hopefully I could get it out. You know, it would be late each day or I can maybe try to get it out, you know, before I had to get to the courthouse. So mm-hmm. at what, 6 a.m. I could publish things? You know, this is it, – that's frustrating. And it, you know, jury duty, for goodness sake, that shouldn't be something that becomes – damaging to anybody's business right but or to anybody's finances it's a civic duty you would think that the trade for it would be something that would work but it really isn't right and i know i'm not alone i mean there's a lot of people they really grumble and there's a lot of folks that that try to do the best they can to do their jury duty and it's not that i'm against doing it it's just wow you know any little thing something that small causes such a huge stress overload. Our economy shouldn't be built that way, but it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I hope that um, in the future he can come up with a plan or an idea that, that could work for that. And the other thing, too, is like seeing an herbalist because that was yeah. the other thing is like, you know, you could take a retreat or go to a, a place and you will, you know, you can see certain people. They still have those, those, those uh, yeah. healing centers. They do cost quite a bit of money, but everyone, it's Patrick with Real Herbalism Radio and the Practical Herbalist. Uh, one of our new sponsors is Sacred Blossom Farm. They do an incredible job of growing their own herbs right on their farm, and they blend them together into these amazing uh, tea blends. One of the ones that we're going to focus on today uh, is Tiger. Tiger contains adaptogenic herbs like Tulsi and ginseng, and Tiger supports an energy that is grounded and focused. I think it's a little bit better than your morning coffee. Um, if you're interested in getting some blended tea shipped right to your door, sacredblossomfarm.com. And if you do so and you go and you and you check out, make sure to use a coupon code, REALHERB15. And those, that's all caps, no spaces. Again, that's sacredblossomfarm.com. And just so you know, if you go there and you purchase um, a tea blend, not only do you get the discount, but the Practical Herbalist and Real Herbals from Radio gets a little bit of that as well. It helps us. Um, it supports us in doing what we're doing. So again, sacredblossomfarm.com. One of the things that I've been finding, I've been noticing, I have a couple of herbalist friends who've done these, is um, Airbnb, I think they call them herbal experiences. Okay. So you go to stay at an Airbnb and um, you meet up with an herbalist and you have this herbal experience, which may be, in one case, uh, was the person I was talking to was talking about doing a walk in the woods where she would take them, take the the people around and do sort of like a forest walk and talk about the plants that are there and, and how she uses them mm-hmm. and then come back and make some herbal tea. And I think the other one was they did, it was essentially like doing a mini workshop where they did a little bit of walked around and then came back and they got to mix up their own herbal, whatever it was, oil or something. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, it's kind of like doing a little mini break 
to go do something herbal related, learn something, get out into nature a little bit, bring it back, practice with it just a little bit, but nothing very intense. And I think that's, I like that idea and I like the idea of potentially doing something like that and pairing it with, like with an Airbnb. So like if I, if for instance, I had a friend who had an Airbnb, Mm -hmm. I could do an herbal experience, they could do the Airbnb part. And if somebody came, they could come and get that little getaway, even if it's just an overnight getaway. And you could get the the spa-like experience probably at a lower cost than going to one of those full-on health retreat spa things because those are really expensive as far as I know. I I mean, mean, they sound absolutely wonderful. I wouldn't mind trying that. If there's a sponsor out there who wants to, you know, help (laughs) me try that, I'd be be happy to give it a try. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Um, Yeah, sponsor, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do a review. I'll do it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right, all right. Um, but I think that's a neat idea that since since we recorded the original podcast that we did with Thomas, that's something that an idea that I've seen beginning to develop in the herbal community as an offering that herbalists are putting out there, and I like that. Yeah, that's something to really uh, keep an eye out. And you know, in fact, if there's any herbalists that are are doing that. I mean, I'll just put this. If you are doing that, you're doing an Airbnb herbal retreat or something like that, and you want us to, I would love to interview, see how that works. That'd be kind of a yeah. fun one. So, yeah, you could reach out. In fact, if you want to go to any of the show uh, notes on the sides, there's an herbal 101 question there. Just go ahead and put there the herbal 101 question, but in the subject line, say, I own an herbal uh, herbal uh, retreat, and I'd love to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, that would be great, and we'll get to you, and we'll get in touch with you. That'd be kind of fun. So maybe there are a lot of them out there that we don't know about. There could be. And uh, we kind of I need a like way to t- talk about that and maybe you know, help promote them a little bit. Um, so you had a, um, uh, Herbs in the News. So you found a, an article the other day that it's kind of not like herbalism well, necessarily, but kind I, of I thought this article. I thought this article was interesting and fitting considering we were talking about fasting and dietary change. And you and I have gone through the first quarter, as it were, of of doing vegetarian and vegan diet. The article is on the salt from um, with NPR.org. The title is Ready for Meat Grown from Animal Cells, a Startup Plans a Pilot Facility. It was published in January of 2020, and the author is Allison Aubrey. And essentially, they're talking about a company called Memphis Meats, which is in California, I understand, right. that takes animal cells or took animal cells and has begun growing those into, I can't really call it fake meat because I guess technically it is meat, it but is it meat. wasn't from actual animals. It's, so no animals were killed in the processing or growing of said meat. Right. But, it's, you're, you're basically, you know, it's the muscle fibers. They're growing the, they're growing the fibers. They're growing the tissues, yeah. The tissue that you would use. and. The person that had the he had a sautéed a piece of sautéed um, grown chicken, if you will, in that way, um, talked about it being um, very uniform uh, and not as interesting necessarily as the texture. Yeah, of, the of texture the, of, of the, it. Yeah, yeah. I said it tastes similar. It didn't taste exactly like the chicken he knows in his mind. Right. But he knew that it was chicken, uh, and I think you know this brings up this bigger issue. You know, we were that I've been talking about. You know, one of the reasons why I went plant-based this year um, for me was weight loss. Uh, and it turned out to be other things that I was finding out about 
the meat industry, meat production, and things that um, that were happening, I, I, I started to feel like, you know, we, aside from the whole uh, greenhouse gas thing, you know, right. uh, because yeah. that was always been the thing. I, I, I want to talk about, it's more about the land usage. So much land and water usage to create the areas to produce meat in the more to functional. To grow animals. To, to grow animals in the quote-unquote natural way. Now, I know why these guys are doing this, and there's, and I think even Candice, you said at the end of that article, there's a whole bunch of other companies that are doing this because yeah. if they can find this secret sauce to grow meat in in labs and then in a production facility that is a quarter of the size of a feedlot, you don't have the waste, you don't have the animal byproduct, yeah. you don't have all of these things. And obviously, as we're going forward, this is definitely a, an option that we're going to see. And I think... I think people are going to be more apt to say, I'll eat that chicken than I will uh, grasshoppers or crickets for my protein. Or even, even, even giving up meat in general. Yeah, see, that's the the part where I look at it and I say, well, you don't have to eat bugs if you don't want to. You could just eat plants and you'll get all the protein you need. No problem. Right. That's, That's the easy part, actually. The hard part is getting your B vitamins, and you know if you just eat some mushrooms, you'll be fine. Right, right. You know and I mean, I mean, even like I was looking at my, like oat, I had oat milk today with the shake that I had at lunch, and the oat milk was fortified. Twenty five percent of my daily allowance of B twelve is in there. Yeah, you know? it's not that hard to get all the nutrition you need from a vegetarian diet, even from a vegan diet, which means no dairy. So right. for those, for those folks who aren't aren't versed in all the many different dietary types like we are here in Eugene where you can go to – you could talk to 10 people and you have 10 different diets. Yep. And they're very adamant about their diets, all oh, 10 of them. Yeah, we, and how theirs is the only good diet. Oh, so. Yeah. Or, or, or you go to a party and there's placards <laughs> oh, on all the yes. foods, what's in them and what, what – you know. and I, I remember – you know, growing up, and that was never even a question. Oh, no. You just guessed at what it was that was probably in each of those things. Right. But, you know. you know, if you And if you had a concern or an oh. allergy, usually it was an allergy, you, you could ask Aunt May and she would tell you, oh, yeah, I use mayo in that. Or I use Yeah. But you, you know. had to even be careful how you asked it back then. Oh, yeah, because it would be insulted. Yeah, yeah, you have to be careful. Here it's like, insult. yeah, almost like you have your own nutritional label that you put up with your yeah. food so that people can see what's in it. You know, yeah. was this made in a kitchen that uses nuts and, yeah. <laughs> and meat, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But um, so, I, I, you know, I understand why so, they're yeah, doing we're, it. But so we're in a place where there's a lot of diet stuff. But what I was getting at was the difference between vegan and vegetarian is whether or not you're eating dairy. Right. The difference between vegetarian or vegan and pretty much everything else is whether you're eating anything that comes from animals. So people who eat cheese are vegetarians or people who eat cheese but no other meat products are vegetarian. People like yourself Mm -hmm. who eat mostly vegetables but you know, have the occasional egg. Mm -hmm. Technically, you're not really even vegetarian because egg is not vegetarian. But out here, we call it vegan-ish. And people pretty much understand that that means that you're vegan, but you break the rules and lose your vegan powers every now and then. Right. Yeah, you're willing to do that. I I met a, a guy who was telling me about a very good friend of his that once a month, his decadent treat, and he's vegan until one day out of the month, one day. Mm-hmm. And he goes and he gets wings. 
He gets He's chicken wings. Chicken wings, yeah. That's his best. Yeah. The the he, probably the buffalo fry right, with the yeah. hot sauce. Yeah, he, and he goes that. out and he gets he gets a, like a, I don't know how many, but he, that's what he gets, and that's his one thing, his one cheat for the whole month is that that one yeah. thing, and you know that makes him happy, and you know. Whatever jerks your bobber, really, for me. I, I, I Yeah, know, I, I don't have a lot of judgment about it. But I do have to say that the idea of eating this meat that they're talking about just seems wrong to me. Like, it just, like, there's something about it that just seems like, oh, that that that's all kinds of dangerous. I don't know why. Well, it just it, sounds dangerous. It's in its, it's, obviously, it's in its infancy. I mean, even last year and the year before when they were talking about um, the Impossible Burger and Beyond Meat. Yeah. You know, people were like, oh, that's so so processed and so this and so that. And yeah, that is true to get to, to get the the flavor profile and the texture and everything that they did to make those plant-based burgers yeah. feel like meat. Yeah, there was yeah. a lot going on there. Well, and that's one of the the things that you and I have argued about or have gone back and forth on in in this whole dietary change we we've made is that when I said I'm going vegetarian, I was like, well, I'm done with meat in any form. It's just done. I, I don't need it. And I don't need to have fake meat or pretend meat or almost meat or anything like that mm-hmm. because I just am not interested. And then what you you one of the things you struggled with is giving up the texture and the flavor and, yeah, and the aspects that's... of meat. So you're interested like you like you tried the better than better beyond beyond, beyond beef yeah, beyond or whatever burger, beyond. Yeah. And you thought that was really good. I which, liked it. Yeah, I was know. like, "Great, this is like, thank God, I can have a burger because I, right. I like I like that feeling of the the bun and the lettuce and the tomato and the ketchup and the mustard and and now I got this meat patty here that you know for me was as good as any beef I've had. Right, and I can say that for me, honestly, it was like, well, I guess I'll eat this. Because I, I made I was, it. You did, you, that was what we have for dinner. I was taught right. You, you do not <laughs> complain about the food someone presents to you. It's just wrong. <laughs> you know? Well, right. And then that that same night we did um, we did a a uh, they, we did a, 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 a vegan hot dog and yeah that was a wheat based um, hot dog and you know does it did it taste like a frankfurter like, like I like you know like I normally like no it wasn't it didn't have that same flavor. Yeah, Jasper thought mine was okay. Right. Well, and then, you know, the funny part is <laughs> the pack came with eight. So there was eight dogs and eight buns, which is always nice. Uh, and, and I was going to have one of the, the dogs the next morning, um, you know, as part of my breakfast, if you will. And I went to go find it. And I'm like, well, where, where are those four dogs? And it turns out my son ate them because he liked them that much. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's, so. yeah, for you guys, the, the idea of meat is something that you didn't really there's some aspects of it you didn't want to give up so maybe this new meat that they're talking about growing from cells could be a possible good substitute i don't know well i see i don't I think mean, i don't think in this situation this is much of a substitute because it is meat but i'm wondering because it's it's going to be grown in 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 this in a production facility you know what makes meat so good typically you know, as you have you have the differences in its texture, you have the, the inherited fat that's in it from from it being raised in that, and that get and you're mm-hmm. like, especially when you're grilling it, that fat hits the grill and it does certain things, and it makes the the beef you know or or chicken or whatever the more tender, you know. So in this case, what is you know what is this going to be like, uh, you know, for um, for eating it? You know, what what will that overall 
will the satisfaction be there? I think for right. me, the I don't know. Meat, I think it'll be something that culturally, if eventually it fully does get adopted, that it will become a cultural thing, and then people will prefer prefer that over natural meat. I guess maybe I kind of think I, my personal opinion, which is really honestly very much just an opinion, is that the biggest reason that you, for instance, or others really want to have fake meats or pretend meats or fake cheeses or pretend cheeses is because culturally that's the dominant veg or that's the dominant like dietary type. And there's a lot of ideas and, and feelings and, and cultural programming connected with that. Mm -hmm. And the only reason that I personally am not that interested is that I've been on the path to vegetarianism for 15 years. I just have only now finally arrived at the point where it's actually happening. <laughs> but, but I've been, I've done a lot of examining of those cultural programs in myself through the years for a variety of different reasons. I mean, there've been times where I've thought, Oh, cruelty to animals. Oh, right. You know, or I saw a documentary about the feedlots. Oh, you know, or, Oh, it's bad for the environment. Look what it's doing to our carbon, you know, the, amount of carbon in the air and yeah. carbon dioxide rather. And, you know, I mean, I've thought for many reasons I've visited that and there have been many flirtations with vegetarianism where I'll, you know, spend yeah. a week of just not cooking with meat and right. see if the family notices. Uh, we did. And you did. Yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> and, and again, you know, when I decided to do it too, it was because um, I, I decided that in my life I needed to make some, I need to make some changes. Yeah. I could see things that were happening to my body that I, I just couldn't explain away with age anymore. It's like I'm not that old. I, you know, I shouldn't be having, you know, anemia, anemia show up. I shouldn't have, you know, this kind of stuff going on. And, you know, and I tried multiple ways to lose weight prior to this. And then, you know, yeah. when I saw a friend do it and, you know, he had the same body style as me and the same love of food and all the things that we would cook together and all. And, you know, I just just the love of, of it. And I saw him do it because his doctor had told him that, you know, he has to take medicine or do this. That's when I said, you know, I think I'm going to make a change and I'm going to try it for six months and see where I end up. And, you know, for me already, I've noticed massive changes, you know, including the, the, the benefit of weight loss. I've lost 25 pounds in, in, in the course of eight weeks. Yeah, it's actually probably even more than that by you now. Know, but, um, yeah, probably as of more. Your last, as of your last weigh-in. As my last weigh-in, but, you yeah. know, and you know the funny thing is you don't know what 25 pounds weighs feels like on your body until you pick it up by itself. Yeah, like pick up a barbell pick that's, up a barbell that's 25, 25 pounds. pounds and you're like, oh, that's oh, a lot. Geez, I've been lugging this around for yeah. the last however. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so do it for yourself. Don't do it for yourself. Just figure out what, what makes you right. I, I think, you know, obviously there's some big money and big investors behind this product. You know, um, uh, yeah, Bill the Gates is in there. Um, yeah. There's... Tyson Foods. I mean, they all see it coming. Yeah. It's kind of like the petroleum industry knows everything's going to go green, so they're doing tons of investment in green energy because right. they know that at the end of this thing, you know, they know that they can't keep using oil to do what they're doing. Right. And Tyson yeah. knows this, and other people know they can't keep doing these feedlots and doing this stuff because the amount of pollution that's being created is going to start to infiltrate into the cities and to other places where now it'll affect populations. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's I think that's why they're doing what they're doing. So Yeah. Yeah, it's it's probably a good thing. It's probably taking us in a better direction. Certainly it's going to be less animal cruelty. So I, that's a good given thing. Given the choice be, for me culturally between eating a cricket and eating 
But that's not the they, real choice. <laughs> you, keep, you keep pretending that there's some choice between eating bugs no, versus but, eating fake meat. No, honestly, fake, though. not fake meat. Or animal or, or, cultured or plant based meat. cultural cultured meat. Yeah, that's not the real choice. Or, the choice is plant based versus lab cultured meat. That's the real choice. I can say for myself without even any hesitation that the plant based diet just works for me. Well, yeah, but, but will it work for me a year from now? I don't know. And I only and I only say that about the insects because one of the things like I read in Wired magazine is that they were talking about this issue of of how we're going to create the amount of, of, of protein and things that people are going to need as the population increases and as the world loses its more and more of its farmable land, well, bugs would be that, are that, insects are that replacement. Right. But again, that it's, I think that's specious reasoning. <laughs> I mean, if you just, you plants give you all the protein you need if you eat a balanced plant-based diet. You, you can get it. No well, problem. It might be the Easy choice of somebody peasy. might say, so, spinach or a cricket? It's not spinach or a cricket. <laughs> it's feedlot or crickets. It's That's the choice that you're actually talking about is do I eat bugs or do I eat feedlot animals? That's the real choice. If, if bugs are part of the question, then that's the real choice. All right. If you take bugs out of the question and realize that by reducing the amount of meat that you eat and going more plant-based – you don't have to give up the meat entirely if you don't want to. But if you go much more plant-based, then you're opening up an awful lot of land and water and resources to plants. So, That's true. And actually plants could actually come in and really uh, help to mitigate the damages of large feedlots. That's what yeah. they would do. Yeah. And they do a lot of carbon sequestering. So – you know, right. but that's not why I'm doing it. I'm just doing it because it seemed like the right thing to do for me. So yeah, Exactly. All right. Hey, so thanks for listening and uh, give us a review on Apple iTunes or Stitcher or, or Podomatic or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and we would really appreciate it. So until next time, put, put an, an herb, herb on it. it. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA, and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with a healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication, or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.